Estás en el estudio con Dre, Big H y Triple C. Gente, póngase a escuchar el Silverback Podcast. Me das en paca, ¿oíste? Silverback Chronicles Podcast. Silverbacks. Yo. ¿Qué lo que? What it is. Ladies and gentlemen. What's really good? It's your boys. <clears throat> we back. Silverback Chronicles Podcast. It's your boy Big H. I got my brother Dre. What's poppin'? What's really good? Can't call it. Triple C. Yo. What's good, baby? Maintaining chillin'. Maintaining and chillin'. Hey yo, folks. We back another week. Listen. We got another hot one for you. Fire. My brother from another mother. Older than us, Triple OG, was on the job before us. Big bro. Big bro put us on when we came on. Pause. He he gave us those different type of jewels. Absolutely. Yo, 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 this is how you really do it. This is how it gets done. You <laughs> know what I mean? And I appreciate him so much with his guidance He moved up the ranks, ladies and gentlemen. We got another white shirt in the building tonight. He went from sergeant, and now he's a lieutenant. He got gold on him. Gold on him. And I mean, when I mean dropping serious jewels, he's going to drop a serious bomb tonight on what it is to conduct yourself, what it is to be a man, what it is to wear the badge, and never lose yourself. Because that's what it's about. All we do is surround ourselves with real ones. And it's another phenomenal episode. By the way, this is episode 56. Cinquenta ECS. ECS. Nah. This is Cinquenta. Yo, you was on a streak. Did I mess yeah. it up? Yeah. killing How many weeks? He might have been. I was on it for a minute. From 20 to 55, he was on it. Damn. Damn. So what's the Cinquenta ECS? It's not 56, bro. This is 57. 56. Oh, 56, then you're right. I'm Gucci. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. This drink is alive. It's just yeah. alive. Keep them going, baby. Word. I triple You got C. that, yeah. It's time to get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, stop box. Go out there, get to 20% off. All caps, <laughs> Silverback Podcast. Stop Box USA. Get that for your ARs, your SBRs, your shotguns, your pistols, whatever you got. Safety lock mechanism and different colors. It's assorted colors, all for you. Safety. It's all about safety. And always keep your finger at touch point. Holla. But um, what else you got, Dre? <clears throat> I'm going to say what's up to uh, Albino once again. My brother. 
First Choice Home Improvement. All day. LLC. Give him his number, bro. Yo, 443-831-3188. Let me tell you something. This guy came through. Yeah. True story. I'll, I'll give him two. I was trying to hang my uh, screen door, storm door. Chris came through, helped me out. Yeah. After a couple of, you know, trying yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> three hours later. Right. <laughs> got it. Let me get a professional here. Yeah. Yes. I call Albino. Yeah. He shows up. Yeah. The door is on in, no lie, 33 minutes. That's crazy. I just sat back and I was just like... <laughs> Yo, I was watching him today at the house, and he was just. I pull up, I hear the Spanish music going. I know he's he's enjoying himself. He's in the zone. He's in the zone. In the zone. Lock then. Yo, he don't play. He don't play so much. I sent one of my uh, one of my good friends from college. Shout out to my brother Rashid. Rashid hit me up. Well, I saw it on Facebook, looking for somebody to do a um, uh, like a bar. And in his basement So I hit him up I said yo I got somebody for you And yo Albino went to his house Yesterday Met up with him He said yo bro I called him today He said yo I got I had four other people Contractors He said after speaking With Albino I told him I don't need your services No more Cause I, he said The way I wanted it And Albino painted the picture Of how it should be done as as to how I wanted it done And how A vision of how Each and Each 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 place he said he's gonna do the chimney this way, do the table that way, have it face this way. He said, "Yo, it was unbelievable," and he said, "Yo, I, I'm just waiting for him to give me the quote so we can get this thing going." That's how vital Albino is. I'm proud of you, bro. Yo, Albino, word. Shout out to you. You're you're a beast in your craft. He's an animal. Facts. He came through and did my and did my floors in a day and a half. Mm. Wow. Not playing. I was like, wow. I ask him what you want for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, Papi. <laughs> Listen, I, I pulled out the Rolodex of menus. Like, right, what, what, you, what you want? It'll get here. It's your world. I go pick it up. Right. Word. But yeah, shout out to Albino. Appreciate you, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. And world, we here. Shout out to all my first responders. Everybody be safe. My brothers and sisters, take care of yourself. Watch your six and uh, be well. Stay blessed. And we about to get in this episode 56. So listen, with no further ado, we got our brother on the, that, that came in the building tonight. Listen, it was hard to get him because he's a busy man. But um, he blessed us with his presence and it's going to be felt tonight. So please, everybody open up your ears and listen because we're about to make love. Yeah. Listen, listen, really listen. It's going to come at you real fast. Word. So with no further ado, our brother from another mother, Lieutenant Jason Bennett. Yo. Yo, yo. What's going on, Kings? What's good, baby? Big H, Dre, Triple C. What's going on? Listen. You're looking real strong, bro. Word. I'm happy to be here, man. Y'all are doing big things, man. I just want to tell y'all. No, it's a pleasure to have you. That episode y'all had with Peanut King was crazy, man. If y'all ain't checked that out, y'all got to really check that out. Mm. Appreciate it. That was a jewel right there. For real. So, we're not going to waste no time. Sir, boss, where you from? Born and raised. Please tell the world. I'm born and raised in Boston. Boston. 
Lennox Projects. If oh, you don't know about it, Lennox, Pro- Lennox Projects in the 80s. Look it up if you don't know about it. Mm. That's where I'm from. I never knew that. I didn't yeah. know he was from Boston. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From up top. Serious. So, yo, uh, what was your childhood like? What's it like in Boston? Well, where I'm from, it was like everybody else, you know, meaning it was the projects. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Latrobe Homes. Mm. Um, and, you know, it was what you expect. Like, I remember coming home, being evicted, all your stuff thrown out on the all over the project, people grabbing your stuff, nowhere to live. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like the real deal. Absolutely. But, but it was the projects though, right? So you understand what kids here go through because it was different, mm. right? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. There was the drugs, there was the, you know, the fights, the, 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 the homicides, whatever you want to call it, but that was still your project. So you were still comfortable there, mm. right? So you running around as a kid, that's home. You know, that's home. It is what it is. And and the problem is that was our bubble. Right. So you don't leave other than getting on a school bus or getting on a little church van, right? You don't leave that area. So when people's perception of Boston is what it is, what they show on TV, that wasn't my initial reality, reality of Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm. So growing up, did you play sports? What was you into growing up? To be honest with you, man, I didn't get into organized sports until high school. Mm. I, I actually I played baseball before that. Okay, um, but other than that, I, I you know any any sport it. you really excelled in? Football. I did. I did well in football. What position? Uh, I played uh, linebacker and fullback. Nice. You look like a linebacker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I played Whoa. both. I played both. That's yeah. what's up. It was it was fun, but I had to work, so I, I had to pick a pick a particular um, sport. I picked football. Nice. So from high school, what you venture off and doing? Did you what, what were your dreams as you wanted to grow up? I'll be honest. Since I've been nine, I wanted to be a cop. Really? So wow. I'm living my dream. I really and truly have always wanted to do this. That's awesome. So leaving high school, um, I had to make a decision. School that wanted me to play football didn't have criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have money to go to school. So the fastest way to be a cop was. Military police. Mm. What branch? Army. Nice. How long did you do Army for? I did Army for seven and a half years. And that and that's kind of what led me here to Baltimore City. Really? How so? So, in the Army, right, it's predominantly white, mm-hmm. predominantly white males, right? And I am, and I'm, you know, coming up through the ranks. I made a sergeant on my way up. I joined the SWAT team. In the Army? In the Army. Nice. Right. But you look around, and I'm the only black face in there. Wow. So, cool. What was that like? It was, it, you know, it was kind of, the good thing about it was I became a team leader. So, I was able to kind of bring people in. So, I brought in a couple people that looked different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I was the first one, right? Right. So, it was, it was always the, am I the token? Mm. I really and truly felt like that. Like mm. I'm, 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 I'm in there, and I look around, and it's only me. And then when I make team leader, it's kind of a question. Like, damn, okay, I can be the token, but 
would they make the token a team leader? Do they trust me or meaning do they trust me because I'm that good or am I the token, right? So later on in my military career, I joined, I went out for a detective, all right, MPI, Military Police Investigation. And again, I get picked. And again, I'm the token. <laughs> so I'm looking around again like, man. You're the golden child, son. I'm like, so it becomes, am I the best of the black people or am I just good? Because I ended up Army's, Army rank structure. You got private. You got, you know, private, private first class. You got specialist. You got sergeant. You got, you know, st- you know staff sergeant, sergeant first class, right? Well, usually the person in charge of MPI is the sergeant first class. E7. Um, but something happened with him and I took over supposed to be for just until they found another song first class, but they kept me there. They wouldn't let me go. So what was you, uh, you wasn't the E7 at the nah, time? No, I was the E5 at the time. Mm. But my, my, my first sergeant was like, nah, you're good. You stay right here. So again, you know, I'm the token, but am I, but you put me in charge again. So I get out of the military. And I come to this area, and I'm hanging around for a couple of months. I just wanted to do nothing, which was cool. In Baltimore? Yeah. I, I actually lived in Woodlawn. Okay. And uh, I wanted to actually move to Virginia, but it was more expensive. So I came to the Maryland area. So I said, I'm going to chill for a couple of months, and then I'm going to start applying for police departments and things of that nature, probably down Virginia. So when I finally decided, I said, okay, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm calling people, calling around to find out, you know, when I could take tests. And a lot of tests were, you know, a couple of weeks away, this, that, and the third. Baltimore had them three times a week. Right. Come get it. Come get it. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to take this one, but then I'm going to go, you know. So I come in to take the test. And the first thing I noticed was they had pictures of like the commanders hanging up. And the first thing I noticed was there was a lot of black faces. Mm. So I immediately shut it down with all the other departments. I'm like, I'm good. Now, mind you, I'm coming from, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black male coming from military police, got a SWAT background, investigations background, had a degree, nothing in my background, right? I feel like a department would pick me up. You know, if it's a quota to be filled, I feel like I could be picked up, put in there. I'm the safe bet, right? With that resume. With that resume, I'm the safe bet. Right. But then again, I'm always wondering when I get if I whatever I get promoted this position, that position, is it because I'm the token or is it because I'm actually that good? Mm. And I was tired of feeling like that. So when I see all the black faces in command, I'm like, okay, if I can excel here, I'm excelling because I'm excelling. I'm not excelling because they need to put one of us up there. Right. So. That was a big deal for me, man. That's for powerful. Baltimore, that was a big yeah, deal for me. That was a big yeah. deal for me. Wow, never heard that before. Yeah, that's a crazy perspective way to look at it. Like, and that's how you looked at it. I said, actually, I, I didn't, I didn't apply to one more department. Wow. I said, I, I said, I got to make it here. I got to get on. Damn. And then, that's of course, true. I get on. That's a and like, I get you to challenge yourself. All right. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I felt like I could get on, get but on. I felt like the challenge comes now. Whatever I go get. It's even I'm going field. to get it. Right. It's an even playing field. Right. So if I so I feel really fulfilled, a hundred percent versus like okay, I made it, but did I make it? If it's right. many, if it's many like me in this rank, then you know what? Let's let's do it. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's get let's go. It. Let's go. I'll put me up against anybody. So let's go. Mm. So it was like your UFC because in UFC you have to be like pretty much the same height, weight. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's like now it comes down to skills. now it comes down to who's the best. Like yeah, none, like all that other stuff doesn't yeah, matter. There's no, there's no tell. unfair advantage, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like in some certain respects, I can have an unfair advantage, right? If it, you know, you, we're talking 2021 now, right? Right. You're looking at these departments. They're talking diversity. They're talking this, that, and the third. I'm an easy pick. Oh, go ahead, throw him in there. I'm a safe bet, and I and I'm. I, I don't want to be a safe bet. I want to be the best bet. Mm. So, mm. man, why well, you got to start off like that? Word, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> the best bet. That's it, man. That's fire. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, how many years you got on now? Fifteen. A little over fifteen. Wow. All right. So, so when you got on the job, when you finally since nine years of age, now you're a Baltimore City police officer. How does that feel? You get thrown to the streets <laughs> in Northeast Baltimore. How was that? Man. Cause you was a patrol officer for how long? Seven years. So how was that experience so in the northeast? Your North, first district was the northeast. First district, northeast. First and only district, bro. And I didn't, and I didn't really want to go anywhere. Like mm. I, I wanted to learn Baltimore first and foremost, right? Because Baltimore is a different city, right? So 100%. I wanted to learn Baltimore before I decided to go here, there, get promoted, do all this other stuff. I said, look, I gotta understand Baltimore as best I can, right? So um, it was a phenomenal experience, but what people don't know or people people don't really understand is paint the picture. I've been to war, right? I went to Iraq. I was second wave in, you know, the Iraq war. And my first year on Baltimore, I saw many more dead bodies than I did in Iraq. Mm. And people have to understand like, Soldiers are coming back from Iraq with PTSD. That's the big thing they're talking about, right? So you're in another country, right? You're seeing some death, right? Sometimes you're seeing a lot. Sometimes you're seeing some less, right? But you, I'm not minimizing other people, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, these aren't Americans for the most part. Yes, of course, some Americans die and things of that nature, but when when you're a soldier and you're just seeing death and death and death, right? Even if it's people from other countries, it bothers you, right? So now you're over here in America and I venture to say most Baltimore City Patrol officers or detectives, depending on whatever, you see more people shot and killed than any soldier in war and no one's thinking about the PTSD aspect of things. Mm. They're not really looking at like you go to work every day and you look at the numbers. There's only, you know, less than 3000 officers in Baltimore city out of those. How many of them are actually on the streets? Mm. Right. And you know, so you're seeing people shot. Y'all remember Northeast? Absolutely. And that wasn't even the worst district back when we was there. Wow. You had the Eastern, the Western, you know, things of that nature. Was even, you're seeing a person shot right now. What about a person that looks like you shot multiple times a week, if not shot and killed? You know what I mean? Like, no one's thinking about how that's mentally affecting officers. Right. And I get it from a perspective of a citizen, right? Like, okay, you're trained for this. Or they think you're trained for this, right? right? They think, for some reason, their perception is this is a job you signed up for, 
your you know things of that nature but you, no one signs up to see that right. no one signs up well, to they, see that they forget yeah. we're human they, they forget that we're human they feel like this is a job and and they want us to to look at it like that right but the problem is then officers start looking at it like that and then they start to look at people less than people because because you're trying to get through the day. You're trying to be able to go home. You're numb. You're numb. You become numb to it. That's the, that's a defense mechanism for you to get through the day. So right. then when you do all these other things to people, and they're like, well, you're treating them like they're not human. Well, if I look at them like they're human, and I'm watching humans get killed every day, how's that going to affect me? Mm. So it just becomes like you have to really be in tune with mentally what you're seeing and understanding at what times does it bother you and making sure you have these conversations because it's only been recently when we've been we've been comfortable enough as police to have these conversations. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. like our squad was tight. Absolutely. Right? So we yeah. you had a lot of ex-military people, we did a lot of good debriefings, we did a lot of things that maybe some other squads weren't doing. But, you know, we have to talk about emotions that you feel when you see this or you see that. Right. So how was the mindset from you going to war to the mindset of you being a patrol officer in Baltimore City? Did it coincide with each other? Or was it a little bit extra actually seeing more death? And it's like, damn, I wanted to be an officer, but I didn't know I was going to see all this. I was kind of young. I was 27 coming from war, right? So, I th well, so back in 2005, when I come on the department, right? Mm-hmm. You got to also look at this aspect of it. When you're going to war, you know that there's a possibility. And I want to make sure I'm very clear on this because not all Iraqis hated us the way the picture got painted right. here. Right. Trust me when I say that. Like they, a lot of them, most of them, great majority of them wanted us there, needed us there. We saved them from a lot of stuff that was going on. Right. But the fact of the matter is this. We are the enemy. Right. To a lot of them over there. Right. So when you're, when you're driving, you're looking for roadside bombs, you're looking for ambushes, you're looking for all those things, right? When I got here in 2005, I never felt like that. I never felt like it was open season on us. They were doing whatever to each other, but not us, right? Right. But look at what's happened in the last like 18 months here. A lot of cops have been shot, shot at here. Right. On this department, more in the last 18 months, two years, than probably I would venture to say at least my first 10 years combined. Mm, yeah. So how are these cops coming in? How are they being mentally prepared for that? Because the army does a great job of preparing you mentally for what you're going to deal with. Are they doing that here? I'm not seeing it. So, I'm you know what I mean? It. I'm not seeing it. Right. I'm not seeing so you have to have the right supervisor. You have to have the right person to, to to have these conversations with you because if you don't, you're trying to deal with these emotions by yourself. So in the beginning, it was, I, I really didn't feel any type of way, even though all this was going, around, going on around me, I didn't feel like it was directed at me per se, mm -hmm. directed at us as law enforcement per se. So I was able to do my job and really separate it. Like I wasn't afraid you got a lot of people that are afraid. So they're making these th things are happening. And I've heard you guys talk about it, right? Training, lack of training and fear is causing a lot of these things that are happening. Right. Right. You know, so for me, 
I was I was cool with it. Mm-hmm. I was cool with it. It goes to show that the grooming was totally different. Your objective coming on the job was similar to ours, where we wanted to, you know, we all come from the hood, so we know what it's like growing up in that. Right. So when you come to police in the same type of area that we grew up in, it's it's normal for us to get out there and actually talk to right. these, you know what I mean, to the, to the boys on the block. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to build that rapport right. than somebody else that come from somebody else, another walk of life. Right, because we don't fear them. That's no, the thing. We can have conversations. We don't fear them, so you can have conversations. Yeah. And I knew Baltimore was different within my first three years here because I saw some things. I've been a, been in a lot of cities, you know, over in the Midwest when I was in the military, Boston, New York. I lived on Long Island for a little bit, um, Bayshore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just cities, right? Right. I knew Baltimore was different for a couple reasons. Man. Yeah. So one of them, one of the first things that kind of made me like, hold on, we're going to have some problems in the next couple of years was there was a, a, a juvenile, obviously, you know, it's a juvenile. Um, he ended, I ended up having to lock him up for whatever. But here's the thing. We used to have to run their criminal record, right? You had to run it. He was locked up 18 times between the age of 14 and 16. 16 of them was for drug distribution. Mm. So my mind's telling me, like, if a person as a juvenile can do something as heavy as drug distribution, this isn't a kid carrying a pack of weed. This is selling heavy stuff, drugs, right. Right. right? So you let him do that from 14 to 18, right, and keep getting out like there's no consequences. When he turns 18, the mind doesn't say, turn it off. I got Now I got to walk the straight and narrow. It doesn't work like that. If I get away with this. So you're creating a monster. A monster. Like we're creating monsters. And it's tough because I understand that just locking juveniles up isn't the answer either. Mm -hmm. But what is the answer? You got to do something. You can't let this little mofo run around like a maniac. And the crazy part about it is I watched. He had a friend of his Mm -hmm. that he used to always hang around with who was afraid to sell. He was like, I'm going to get in trouble, go to jail. I'm going to be locked up. He was really and truly afraid. This kid did an experiment. He said, watch. He said, I can get arrested today and be out before that cop gets off work to show his friend that there's no fear of getting arrested for this. Probably two months later, we're locking his friend up. Because now Uh, the fear is gone. He's like... What's this? I oh, mean, I could be out the same day. You what? could do it. I could do it. And and that's if there's no fear that I'm staying, then hey, so you're creating gangs of kids who are out there doing it, and then when they turn 18, they don't know anything else, right? Because you can't get a job at 17 if you've been locked up 18 times for drug distribution, right? right. You can't get a job, so you're gonna keep selling the drugs, and you can't get a job at 18 either. So, what you, do you think you, they're gonna do? They're gonna do what they gotta do, and 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 let's be clear, right? I'm not saying they're all at, all to be blamed because when you when your parent isn't feeding you, right, and you, you you know you got those Miss Meal cramps and all that, you have to do what you have to do. So survival. survival. So we can't just blame the kids, but we have to look at what we're creating, you know, and you know. And you just look at the way the money's going, 
and where the focus is and and it just I just feel like it's too orchestrated, man. Mm. It's really it's really orchestrated. That's powerful. Damn. I mean, it's our community. It is. Right? It so is. look at our community. Look at people who look look at our community from when you started, you had slavery, then you okay, slavery's over, but you got Jim Crow laws, right? Right? Okay, which is a way to keep people down. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim Crow laws are over. You have separate but equal. Still a way to keep people because it was separate, but it was never equal. So you don't, you can't ever get your footing. Then they say, okay, we got to integrate. We can't have separate but equal. We got to integrate. What comes next? Mass incarceration comes next. So now what you're doing is you're taking the the, the male role models and figures out of these communities Okay, and these kids have no one to look up to. These females have to do whatever, and these people uh, just don't know what to do. Like you don't have the family structures all messed up, right? Right? Then they start talking about that. Like, oh, you know, look at the disparity in 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 the way black people's people are being locked up. So, what's happening right now, right? So what we're doing now is we're saying, okay, let's not lock them up or let's not keep them in jail. Let's say. You don't give them big numbers, right? But people can plead to a felony and get out very, very quickly. But what comes along with pleading to that felony? The people from the outside looking in, it's like, okay, no, we're doing you a favor. This is a nonviolent drug offense, so we're not going to keep you in. You get a felony, but you can go home. You don't think this person's going to say, I want to go home. Cool, I'll take that felony. Okay, I'm going to get a felony, but I'm going to go home. You can call it what you want to call it if I'm going home, right? Right. But the repercussions of having that felony is not having jobs, is not being able to vote, is not being able to this, not being able to that. Boom. So what are you to society if you can't get anything when you're done? Right. They take you out the game. You're out the game. After taking that play. And when you look at when you look at a city like Baltimore, right? And you look at the number of people who die in a city like Baltimore. You have to wonder what, who, what are they going to do to try to start? Give me something, right? Show me that you're trying. We had one day at the Capitol, people went in the Capitol, right? And they did what they did. You had an inauguration yesterday and you had 25,000 troops there in case something happens. There's no in case with Baltimore. Stuff happens in Baltimore every day, right? You're not sending any relief here. You're not you're not using the same sense of urgency here mm. to say we need to stop that from happening. Yes, we can't stop. We can't. And I'm not saying we want to militarize Baltimore. But what I am saying is I I'm curious as to what would Boston do? A city of almost the same size who has 50 homicides maybe a year. What would they do if they hit the number 100? I venture to believe the National Guard would be in Boston. They're not going to let that many people who don't look like us die like that. So I just, it, it bothers me. I feel like if you if you look at mass incarceration like years ago, right, when it first happened, we were all for that, right? We said, we said, cool, drugs are bad. You know, it was, it was, it was, a crime of war on drugs, mm-hmm. and, and, and we saw what it was doing to our neighbor. So we thought, hey, 
go ahead and, and, and lock them up because they're doing bad things, right? Mm -hmm. Then we look back at it 10 years later, 15 years later, and say, hold up, hold up. That's not right, mm -hmm. right? So 10 years from now, when we compare Baltimore, right, to a city like New York, and we have more bodies person for person, are we going to look back and say, hold on, how did y'all allow that many people in this small 600,000 person city to die? Like, this was a cold red, and we're not treating it like a cold red. We're treating mm -hmm. it like... So what else happened? What? Yeah. What? So if you're a real cop and you really feel and, and, and really care about because pe people are gonna do what they're gonna do, right? But I just don't look at people as just, oh, that's a bad person. I look at it as, you know, people have situations that's not saying you can't get locked. That's not saying anything. No one's perfect. But I know how big age, you know, I know how y'all police, right? It's still with a with a sense of respect towards the citizens, right? And if you gotta lock someone up, okay, cool, it's over. You're locked up, bro. Come on, hey, hey, can I call my baby mother to get my baby? Because such such, no problem, man. I got you. 100%. Like those little things go a long way, hundred percent, to keeping, you know, when you get back out there, to um, to to, you know, when they come back, because they're coming back out, they are coming back out, right? They can look at you a different way because you showed them just a little courtesy. It, it, it shows them that you, you know, it's it's a, you know, a, a little bit of empathy. And that's why I wanted to be a cop. A lot of people talk about how can people of color be police, right? You want us to be, you should want us to be police mm -hmm. because we understand what you're going through. We're not judging you the same way as someone else who's never gone through this may judge you. We're not terrified of you. Like we don't look at you as if you're this, 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 this huge threat to me. You know, just because you're selling drugs and even just because you have a gun doesn't make you the biggest threat to me, right? I'm not saying you can't be a threat to me. I'm not mm -hmm. out here with some pie in the sky feeling of it doesn't matter. I know what's going on, but I just feel like I just feel like you need people to empathize with you, to treat you a certain way. And maybe we can kind of try to bridge this gap. But at the end of the day, people need to start screaming about how are we allowing this? Because mm. this is some scary stuff in this small city. This is scary. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Man. that was a lot. But, uh, I love and it. it was, and it was dope. It's 100% true. It's facts. That's 100% true. That's insane. So well put. Yeah, the way you broke it down was dope. It was amazing. Um, I just don't know where we go from here. That's the thing. You right. know, I don't know. It, it's nice. where do we go from here as police as the, the 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 government of this city, like where do we go from here? And then, you know, policing throughout the whole country, you know, where do we go from here? We we have to find a way to do you better. Know, well, we're finding all right. So like back in the day, we were super. And when I say we, I'm talking about everyone in blue, not just Baltimore City. Everything was pretty much heavy handed. Very right. So we sit, we saw all the positives to it, and we saw all the negatives to it. With this whole police reform, it feels like they're going all the way to the other side where as they're letting criminals walk because they don't want what happened in the past instead of playing in the middle. Playing in the middle. And That's making a it a case by point. case. That's you know a what I'm very saying? good point. Like, no one wants to play in the middle. 
And it's and it's like that and in politics. The, it's like that with everything, right? It's all political, right? It's all political, but, right? Nobody, neither side wants to play in the middle. It's either, remember when we first got on, right? It was, what what do they call it? Zero tolerance. Yeah, correct. Right? It was zero. It was zero tolerance. Right? So it was, if you went urinated, if you if you were, we locked people up for riding bicycles on the sidewalk without an idea. Like it was zero tolerance, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Now. There was a hundred and I remember one year. I think it was either 2011, 2005. I can't remember which one. I, I know there was a hundred and ninety-seven homicides, homicides during zero tolerance policing. Right, hundred percent. Okay, cool. It was now when you look at it from the perspective of man, you're locking up all these black people for these very, very minor petty offenses, right? There's a hundred and ninety-seven homicides. Yeah. I'm not justifying it. Please understand it. I'm not trying to say that was okay. Now we go all the way to the to the right, right, and it's and it's okay. It's it's okay to have ten ounces. It's okay to have I mean, ten ounces. Like, all ten these ounce. things are okay. Five ounces, whatever. Five all ounce. these things are okay now. The pampering phase, of right? Policing. right. We, we go to that, right? right? And in this same city, there's never been under three hundred homicides since we've went here. Mm-hmm. So we're talking Black Lives Matter, right? You do this type of policing, right? And you and and there's a hundred plus less deaths in your city because people are terrified to walk around with guns because you're rolling up on them for anything they're doing, right? And they're terrified to carry guns, which means that when they get into fight with this guy over something real minor, they're not pulling out a gun and shooting, right? Mm-hmm. So people are living, but you're breaking down society this way, right? Mm-hmm. By by the zero tolerance policing, mm-hmm. okay? Over here. You're doing what? What are we doing? Is society mm-hmm. getting better? Well, nope. He said pampering. Okay, we're pampering them, but is it? Are we getting better because of no? It? It's getting no. worse. I don't yeah. see society right. growing. No. based off of saying, okay, we're not locking as many people right. up, right. so you should be able to. There's no more excuses for you not to get jobs and things of that nature. The fact of the matter is, you can't police your way out of this problem, mm-hmm. right? You can be an occupying force. And, and and lower the homicide rate, you can do that. Um, of course, people looking long term, like okay, but long term is that a good thing? No, and I'm and I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But somewhere there's got to be something in the middle we can do to 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 fix this because what we've been trying it's not isn't working. working. It's mm-hmm. not working. Either we're too heavy handed or we're too light, and it's one way or another. Families are getting destroyed because yeah. of it. Even more so now. Because where, where we at right now? Three something? 320 something? Well, you mean for last year? For last year. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, we ended up at like 330. 330 80, something. Yeah, 330, like 330 something. We ended up last year. That's, that's crazy. For, 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 six, for a city of 600,000? Right. How about that? To, to go back to what you were saying, I'm listening to a jail call and I found out in jail, if you pay, if on Wednesday you want to order uh, Domino's, or like your favorite Chinese food, right? If you put that order in on a Wednesday, on Sunday, they will deliver the takeout to your jail cell. Are you serious? I, that blew my mind. So so that's why they say jail is like... Uh, it's nothing. It's now. nothing now. That's why they say when you arrest somebody, right, for like a shooting, right? Oh, great. I put down on a shooting, right? 
the dude is like, yo, I could do that on my head. Because one, you're not staying in long. And yeah. two, you get dominoes and you get you get I think you know they're doing the thing now where you can FaceTime at you? I know that for oh, a yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can FaceTime your family and everything. But That's, H, do you, could you imagine you get this guy for a shooting? Right. You got video, evidence, gun. Everything. You think, yo, this guy's gonna go to jail for twenty five years. And you put it forward. They lock him up. WATF does an amazing team. They find everybody everywhere. Please don't run from them. <laughs> yeah, Those they're dudes, nice. They know yeah, they'll come get you. Yeah, they're fine. They find your shooter, boom. And then you go to debrief the guy that you know that did the shooting, right? Based on all the evidence that you collected. He says, I'm not saying nothing because I can do this on my head. Mm. You know what that does to you? You just gave. This investigation's eight months of your life. Mm. Things with the wife, the fat. No, no, no. I gotta go to work. I gotta go to work. Gotta, you know what I'm saying? Because every it's a it's a puzzle that you gotta put together. Right. And then you finally get the guy, and because of the the way the the jail reform and all this stuff is going on, he tells you to your face, your eight months that you spent doing all that means nothing because. Whatever number they throw at me, I'm going to come back out. But let me say something to that, though. Let me say something to that. What you said is correct, right? That's Everything crazy. you said is correct. But I remember having a conversation with a guy on the street. Locked him up. He was out within a day or two or whatever. I see him a couple of days later. And I know his rap sheet. He's got a long rap sheet. He's from that particular area. And this is the, the kid was the first reason I said, oh, we're in trouble. Here's the next reason why I said we're in trouble. So he's from that area in Northeast, grew up there his whole life, mm -hmm. selling drugs right there where he grew up. So I said to him, like, hey, man, question. Why are you selling this stuff right here? Every, you know everybody here. So you're inevitably selling to someone you know's mother, aunt, family member, you know, cousin, something. You're connected in this area. You're selling it to your own people. Like, why don't you go up the street where the because at the time the mayor lived in Northeast District? I'm mm -hmm. like, no one goes over there and sells drugs. Why would you do it to your own people? Mm -hmm. He looked me straight in the face, and this is what he said. He said, You know what you locked me up with the other day? I said, Yeah. He said, I'm here now, right? I said, Yeah. He said, If I did that seven blocks up there, I probably wouldn't be home for two years. Bingo. So there How were we allowing the city? Remember redlining before, right? Remember redlining, right? Bingo. This is a new way to redline. You're, you're, you're literally, the, your lawyer will tell you, if you do it here, I can get you home. Mm. If you do it seven blocks that way, <clears throat> don't even call me, bro. You're wasting your money. So I, this was said to me. That's a fact. And he felt like mm -hmm. this was their reality. If they this ring is out, their reality. If they ring out against people that look like us. The time is less. Time is less. Everything's same less. thing. The article we was talking about. Same thing. Right. It's, it, it's crazy. Right. It's, it, and it's value. So, but how do our leaders ignore this? That's what bothers me. Is how can how can that be ignored? You got states attorneys. You got whomever. Like you're looking at this, and are you just turning a blind eye? Like I don't know. But That's it's to say. me. It's the it's the question is. If you say you care, make it fair. Give mm. give everyone a fair shot. It's got to be one way or the other. I Either I can sell it to anybody, mm. but or I can sell it to nobody. But make it fair. 
right? And if you don't make it fair, what happens is, like the article in, in the Baltimore Sun, right? I don't know if it's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true. But the implications are very scary implications. Right. We have a consent decree going on in the, here now where there's supposed to be oversight of this mm-hmm. city by the federal government. Mm-hmm. And this article comes out saying, they're implying, I don't know if it's true, right. but they're saying that if you are a citizen of color in this city and you make a complaint, you are less likely for that complaint to be sustained than if you're a white person in the same city. Mm. If you're a black officer in this city and you get a complaint against you, it's more likely that that complaint's going to be sustained than if you're a white officer. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Mm. So someone just show the numbers. The numbers are going to be what they are. Mm. And address it, right? Right. Address it. You, 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 you say, okay, police are doing this wrong. They spend all this money on body-worn cameras, right? That's a whole lot of money mm-hmm. that could have gone to maybe. I mean, when it comes to hey, where's the where's the uh, where's the rec centers for kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, we have no money for that. But then it comes time for body-worn cameras, and they find a whole lot mm-hmm. of money because if anyone understands how much data that is and how much data costs. Right. A lot of citizens don't understand that, but it's not the body worn cameras. It's Mm. the storage of the data that costs a ridiculous ridiculous amount of money. You have money for or you had money for rec centers. (laughs) Right. right? This happened. They say you got to get it. And it's here versus when we were screaming for rec centers. Oh, we have no money for that. Right. You know. I'm not saying we shouldn't have body one cameras. I like body one cameras personally because it protects me. If I have to do something to somebody, I want you to know why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with it. But I'm just saying, are you get is the juice worth the squeeze? Like you have situations in this city that could help kids, which mm-hmm. is our future, that we need to be addressing that's not getting addressed, you know, and you're over here worried about these other things where what, what's right the impact? There. What's the impact, right? right? How many officers, you know, actually take the lives of people, right? Versus how many kids get their lives taken who might not get their lives taken if they're in a community center somewhere. Mm. Mm. You know, I just, mm. I just wonder, like, how, how, how long are we going to just continue to ignore certain things? Like, how does this happen? We keep ignoring it. It just, it bothers me. As a person who really cares, like, I really care. So, that, so that's what you're saying. Remember when they were shouting, like, defund police they fail to realize that police has been defunding little by little for generations to go to what you're saying like with the PAL leagues little yes. by little they've been taking things like that away yes and then you know even recently oh they try to take away uh, the harbor unit yes you're slowly defunding us without saying that you're doing it now the thing with defund police right again it's the same thing we talked about a minute ago right where it's all the way to the right or all the way to the left, right? Mm-hmm. Some people feel like defund police means no officers should get paid anymore. We can police ourselves, right? Then there's defund the police, which means certain units within police departments aren't needed, right? Okay, so let's look at Baltimore City. We had a unit, and this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. right? This is my personal opinion. When you say defund the police, just the statement itself I don't totally disagree with it, right? I don't totally disagree with it. Here's why. Here's what I mean, though. We had a unit called the HOT team, 
great officers doing great work. Okay. They were, it's the homeless outreach team. Great officers doing great work, right? They're paid to go out and, and, and track homeless people and find out and make sure they get shelters when it's cold and when it's too hot and things of that nature and track them and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. They're doing great work. But here's my problem with that. The money officers get paid, right, to go out and track homeless people. You got maybe a 10-person unit getting paid anywhere from, you know, 60 or 70000 up to $90,000, dollars to track homeless people. What about the young man or woman who just graduated college for social work that could get paid 30000 from the city to do the same thing? You could double or triple that and, and, and get the same work out of it. So does the police department need to really be tracking homeless people? Is that really our job? It, that's what I'm saying. That's, right. not a, so that's not criminal. That's not criminal. It's right. not something. So if you say, I'm going to take those funds and give it over here I get that. and do that, okay. I have yeah. no problem with By that. By all means, okay. absolutely. We, we have a harbor unit, right? But we have a harbor here. We need police in the harbor. In the harbor. You're going to take away a... go fast boats. You're going to take, take away a harbor unit. They actually <laughs> have <laughs> saved... Yeah. They, yeah, we have so video no. of them saving people's lives. Right. A week, yeah. a, a week after that. they disbanded the harbor unit. Yeah. 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 And just recently in the southern... South Baltimore. Absolutely. I would have never jumped in. That was 18, 12 people. Hey, yeah. hey. Those are regular officers. <laughs> but not, but we also have a mounted right, unit. Scott Keaton. Yeah. Like, do we get a lot of work out of a mounted unit Ooh, in the city? What's your opinion? What's your I'm opinion? just saying, I'm, you know how much it costs to feed a horse? No, I get it, but they are needed. When oh, it comes to riot control or crowd control, crowd control yeah, they, they, they stop they a lot works. of stuff. Yeah, it they works. really do. The they, horses work. You know they, that. And you know what's dope about that? It's a psychological factor too. Like if you're on the ground and you see a horse coming at you or whatever for crowd control, it'll, I feel you. Is it deterrent? I feel you. I feel you to a certain extent. You know, and 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 ten years ago, mm-hmm. there was a very big deterrent. I'm not saying there wouldn't be a deterrent tomorrow, but I'm saying in this climate of policing. You got a horse running at somebody. If something happens, what's going? What's going to happen? Liability. Oh, the yeah. liability of that, and and the first time it happens and it goes left, right. that what's that unit? You just crushed my dreams. You know what I'm saying? I'm just <laughs> you saying, want the horse back what, 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 Look, let him live, Alty. Let him live. No, no, we're just at a different. That's a great point. We're just at a different part right. of policing right now, yeah, right? right? Where it's where, not, it's not needed. It's not. Right. It's not. Right. It's, it's not essential right now, right? It's not as effective. We have a. And we have a whole mobile field force team. Like, that's a whole unit we have to yeah. deal with crowd control. Absolutely. Like, that's their job. That's so facts. if you have that, that's why do you point. still need this? And the, and the, and then, again, it's that's a point. how often do you use them? Mm-hmm. Right. Because of everything that's going on, they got more use as of recently because of all of the protests we had based on a lot of things going on. Right. But let's take the protests out of it, right? The, the daily protests we were having here, Right. right. So prior to that, how often were we using them? But we're mm-hmm. feeding multiple. You almost cost to feed a horse, absolutely, and then medication and and, and keep the horse healthy and and training them and just, just the daily maintenance, just the daily maintenance on the horses. And I think it's like six of them too. Right? Yeah, it's like yeah. six, eight. I don't know. It's the, it's so doing that, right? Is the juice worth the squeeze? That's all I'm saying. Now nah, you may it's perfect I'm just, sense. I'm well, you saying, can utilize those bodies. To actually and that do money. A mobile field force and that money as towards getting patrol officers that not use. To form in a skirmish line, or you exactly. know what I mean? They're not used to doing that, right? 
You know right. what I'm saying? And you can, and yeah, right. I, I get and, it. And then the money you say, you can buy cars and stuff for the money you're paying for this horse. Right. You know? More, more technology. More technology, better yeah, technology. Yeah. When we're talking about, we don't even have e-ticks in every car. Right. No, you know? Don't. We don't even have that yet. We're yeah. so far behind in the Stone Age and things of that nature. Well and said. you got horses? Why are we still doing horses? You know like, <laughs> and I, right. I, I think about those amazing patrol officers out there. It's like, they're doing like, Today's work with Man. yesterday's you technology, hundred yeah. percent, yes. and yes. they always find a way to get it done. They always, yeah, and they get it done. So shout yeah. out to shout everybody out. wearing that uniform. I'm, I'm, I'm out here again, man. And I'm in the every city yeah. because I'm, I'm, every city has its own problems, but right here at home, right, and and it's almost like the cities that need the technology mm -hmm. to better to better take care of the citizens don't have it, right. and right. the counties when they don't have the car volume. They can take care of everything in their car and be notch. done. Top notch. Right? But in the city where you go call to call to call, where it would be beneficial if you're doing traffic to have e-ticks to where you can knock it out and, and be prepared yep. and ready to to, to 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 patrol and make citizens feel safe, you handwriting tickets. Right. If you got to write seven tickets, that's 30, 45 minutes. When a county a officer can do that in five minutes, five minutes or less. And that gives them that 30 minutes wow. more to right. be out there where the citizens need them yeah. patrolling. Because you you can't ignore traffic right. violations and things to patrol. Right. So right. you got to do what you got to do. Right. So where's the balance? Mm. So we just have to do better, man. Just we have to want better and we have to do better. And mm. um, we have to educate each other. We have to move up and rank. Um, you know, I've got two great officers sitting next to me. Phenomenal. A lot of wealth of knowledge, right? The type of mentality that the citizens want because they understand them, right? Mm -hmm. Not by any means that they didn't lock people up or do any of those things, right? Mm -hmm. But there's still a way to police and a way to do things, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, you know, it's training, Right. You have to look at the training we get or lack thereof, whatever you want to call it. Like there's a lot of things that can be done differently um, over time. And hopefully we get there. But the only way for us to get there, is have the right people, you know, move up and get in that position to try to make these changes. And, you know, a lot of people really knock the citizens input on police. Um, but I don't to a certain extent. Right. I don't. I, I, I think citizens should have some they should be in the conversation mm -hmm. but it needs to be a conversation and that's what i feel like we're lacking right you mm -hmm. have these citizens who they, they give them the ability to come in and, and 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 put their input in and they take that input as gospel but it's not through conversation so it's not mm -hmm. through me saying okay you feel that way well this is why we do that oh i never i never understood that portion of it Gotcha. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's you know. So once you have a full conversation, that's fully bridging the gap. That's fully bridging mm. the gap. Not just feeling like if I throw citizens in this and over here in this disciplinary process to have their say, but if they don't, if a citizen doesn't ride through this city and comprehend what's really going and, on and understand what we deal with, right? When when we have that split split second to make a decision, like real split second right not this oh why can't you shoot him in the leg theories and things of that nature mm -hmm. right you got these type of theories out here that they really and truly feel like is it, it really makes sense right mm -hmm. not until you see someone shot 
in the leg and they keep running and you say, wow, if they had a gun, they could easily squeeze a finger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So shooting them in the leg, that's not the move, <laughs> you know, not until you really understand, you know, what we go through, mm-hmm. the real threat. When we, when we, when we hear a call on the radio saying this guy's armed with a gun and you get to the corner and the guy has that red hat on that blue shirt on those white sneakers on that's him to a T right okay now what do we do right I've have information that this guy's got a gun right do I know a hundred percent no but I still have to approach him I still have to deal with it because right. that's the criteria yeah. right and it's like, I mean what's my approach I mean I'm not gonna go at it like, right so what I used to do was yeah I would have to tell him look get here then I would say to him okay here's what we're gonna do you're gonna cooperate with me and then I let him hear the call on the radio. Hey, can you repeat the description? Right? Mm. So when you hear, if I'm this guy and I got on this literal red hat, blue shirt, and white sneakers, and I'm like, and it's saying they're armed with a gun, even the person will be like, oh, okay. I see why you have that posture. Right? And mm. then a lot of times they okay, go ahead, search, whatever you gotta do. I search them, and then I'm like, okay, we're good. Cause that's that's the instant rapport building that that tears down. Oh, you don't just want to fuck with me, but bro, dispatcher, can you repeat that transmission? Right, right. Like she gives that description, right. so the guy you see their eyes wide open. Like, Absolutely. are you serious? So you can tell I'm not here just messing with you, bro. Right, right. You know so, what I'm saying? Right. So, and a lot of the, at that point they change the whole demeanor. Like, okay, yeah, go ahead and search right. me. Right. I get do it. what you got to yeah. do, bro. At you know? that point, they're like. All right, this is right. your job. Right. I understand. You're not right. just singling me out. Right. But and see, that has to be taught, though. Some people know. have it instinctively, right? Mm-hmm. And other people will say, I'm the cop. You have to listen you to listen me. You listen to me. And, 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 and then that whole power it struggle comes, right? right? And then that power struggle, I have to win this right here, Absolutely. right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not about winning because there could be two losers. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. There, yeah. there can be two losers. Right, you don't want to be one of the two losers. In this world, right. yes, hundred percent. Right, right. You can win that little little battle, but lose the war because you do the wrong thing to this person, and yeah. someone uh, someone looks at it as you did the wrong thing to this person. You could lose everything, everything, and then you got, and great, then you got that point. But then you got that same call where you get there, the gentleman matches the same description. And then he shows all characteristics of an armed person and the fight is on. Right. And you yeah. do what you have to do, but it's still an ugly outcome. Right. And then we're scarred for doing that. Yeah. Right. So it's it's a, you know, it, it's no win in this shit. Exactly. It's, it's feeling like a lot of lose-lose. Yeah. Um, I was and, and I think. Because you're I doing think, what's right, but it's still wrong to the public. Right. Uh, but, it's, but they don't understand of having that conversation. They don't understand the mindset an officer has to put himself in when you respond to an armed person call and you have an, and you have a subject meeting that very same description. And now he's on 10 and you approach him and he's showing everything. He's with it. And he's with the shits. Like he's he's willing to go in the in the blaze of glory. Well, re- remember, okay, but let's let's take it back to what we spoke about, right? Mm-hmm. We've gotten to a point in 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 this city at least with the consent decree or the pampered phase. Or with the or with the or with the national, right? Where we say, Okay, we'll let you out and give you a felony charge and let you out with because you and you had this ridiculous amount of drugs, right? Right. But the judge can look at you in the face and say, you're backing 
15 20. years, 20 years, right? right? If I see you again, you're not coming home. It's curtain. Mm. So now if you have this gun on top of what you're backing, mm-hmm. you can't go, you can't just give up. Because if you just give up, you know I'm not going home. I'm not coming mm-hmm. home. Right? So there's a small window you have from the time you make contact with this person to to try to dissect this whole situation instantaneously it's so it's 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 crazy <laughs> right and you have and all these things have to run through your mind very quick you have to assess it you have to look for those characteristics you have to approach him you have to wash his hands you have to you know what i mean like anything can go left he yeah. can just be annoyed with it and go reach in his pocket to grab his id cuz he's just annoyed with he's being bothered right but mm. you don't know what he's reaching for exactly right mm. so it's 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 a lot of training of the public along with police and meet in the middle, right? Look, come up with something, right? If if an officer is straight up harassing someone, I got no problem with you with 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 whatever they got to do to this person. I don't condone just yeah. harassing people for no reason. I don't condone that, right? Same How, however, if you're gonna say, hey, officer, you can be charged for the perception that you're harassing this man. Okay, cool. However, the man has to comply immediately. Immediately. And then we can have that harassment conversation later. Okay, because so now if I show the man that the description meets you to a T, that's why I'm here. I'm not harassing you. You understand I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. It's nothing personal. We can move on, right? But we're at a part in society where people are just like feeling like I don't have to comply with police. Absolutely. If, if I feel mm-hmm. like I didn't do anything wrong... I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening. Go to you. kick rocks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm Leave talking alone. car stops. I'm talking just whatever. Facts. It doesn't matter. So, and, and, and they're being backed by some of the things that's happening in the country. We're really looking at some mm-hmm. of these cases and we're saying, and we're saying the cops are just dead wrong. E- even mm-hmm. if you look at it and it's like, hold on though. Wait a minute. This cop was here for this reason. And they and they prove why they're here. Right. Mm-hmm. It's still not good enough. Right. Still not good enough. Because the biggest thing in anything you do, and say you get a call for this, it's all about the hands. You could curse me out, but your mouth ain't gonna pull the trigger all day. Mm. It's all the hands. If you comply, sir, I got this call. Where's your hands? But, but please have your okay, hands where I can put them. But. See, but you're oversimplifying it, Big H. No, I'm just, I'm just no, saying. No, let, no, let me explain why you're oversimplifying it, right? Okay. Let me explain why you're oversimplifying it, right? If you're talking to anyone in recruitment in Baltimore City right now, the recruitment numbers are ridiculously high. They don't know why. How do you not know why? I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Right? When I came on 15 years ago mm-hmm. as a as a officer, as a as a trainee in an acad- in this academy, Baltimore City, they asked us. They said, "Hey." How many of you have a degree, went to school for criminal justice, anything of that nature? I say about 75% of people raised their hand. They, they, they wanted to be a cop from then. As time went on, mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to school and they're, they're going to school, right? And they're graduating. They go to school for finance, go to school for whatever, but they can't find jobs. Mm-hmm. This job, you see the numbers on Baltimore Sun every year. If you're willing to do the work, you can make 200000 here. 
right? So if you've got these kids and you've got this family and you've got these these um these student loans, and you hear from a friend, oh, I'm banking, I'm making one hundred and seventy thousand. They come to this job for for it being a money grab. Right now, we're in a portion with this whole with this whole um coronavirus. This is one of the safest jobs you have. You you can have a job as a teacher or whatever. It doesn't matter. This is one of the safest jobs you can have right now. Mm-hmm. So if you've wanted to be a cop, Big H, right, and you in your mind, hands can hurt me. I'm not. I'm not scared of anything but your hands. I don't care what you say. Like none of that bothers you, right? You can do that. But what about the guy that went to school for to be a financial analyst and couldn't get a job and had to come here to get money? <laughs> Now that's he's true. terrified. But see, that's, he's terrified. But that's where training comes into the, play. The aggression is what he's scared of, not just the hands. If yeah. you talk to him the wrong way, Absolutely. he's scared. He's so that's why I say you're that. over, he's not built for that. That's why I say you're over simplify. You you look at it differently. You look at it differently. I look at it differently. Yeah. But that. let's look at it from the perspective of the financial analyst who's half your size right. and who's here to get this money, and I don't want to die. He want to deal scared. with somebody that says, "Get shut the fuck up, and get right. the fuck out of my face." No, that's aggression. They're scared you know of that. that. Yeah. That's aggression. They're scared of that, man. Because to them, they just see the numbers. Like, wait a minute, I get benefits. I get what? Third. What? They put that uniform on, and then they hit a block, and they're like, "What? I got I got a police. What? What is what? You're bugging. I yeah. gotta go home today. Yeah. So, so it, like point. you said, it's training. Now nah, you're right. But it's training, right? But it's, it's training. Are they getting that training? Like, right. like what are we getting in the cabin? Like. You don't even. We don't box in the cat. Some of these people never been punched in the mouth before, and that's what I tried that's to implement. You, it wasn't. It's happening. Me and you. That it though. wasn't happening because you was there before me. It wasn't. It wasn't going to happen. It's no. not. And and nowadays, the academies run. They got the academy running out of a school now. It's like school. Yeah. Now the academy's like school. Like it's like a college, right? But you're coming out here, you know, and and you you're coming out in this city, Real right? Life. And a lot of people come from out of state. They don't know what they're getting into coming here. Yeah, real and life. they're trying to deal with that. And after a college environment, come on, come man. on, you coming to real can life? You, man. It's can real you, life. You can't come from a dorm to twenty fifth in Alameda. Nah, Penn North, baby. Come on, Penn and North. After that, come on. I seen him, but can you teach that into somebody though? And what I mean is, ah. well, I mean, I mean, on, I mean, because what I'm saying is, like, for example, perfect example in the military, like you said, you came from Boston, but you came from a hood environment. You had people that came from Butt Tussle, Oklahoma, somewhere. You came, but but all army is taught because my my pops let, army they taught. Let they me taught let me all the same. Let me answer that. Y'all question. All speak the same. Y'all and when y'all go to combat, so he's let a me, combat vet. He's y'all all speak the same language. So the answer to that question is yes. Of course it right. is. It's yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Right. So that's a great point you made, right? I am 19 when I go in the army, right? Mm-hmm. If I went in after September 11th at the same age, within a year or so, I'm going to war, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to war, right? How do they make it to where you as a 19-year-old can go to war and you can be 20? You come in at 18 and two years later, you can be a sergeant leading soldiers to war. Mm. Okay. So what do you first do? You go through basic training, mm-hmm. teach you all the basic things on being a soldier. You have pugil pit fights where you actually get hit in the face. Mm-hmm. You have you have situations where they're shooting guns over your, your head, head and you're low crawling and doing mm-hmm. all that, right? Okay, so 
they're teaching you, they're putting you as close to the real deal as mm-hmm. they can to let you know I can do this, right? They mm-hmm. they did sleep deprivation where we was up mm-hmm. going on two and three hours of sleep for a whole week, right? That a came in, that came in very handy mm-hmm. when I'm in Iraq and everyone gets sick. I'm on guard duty and everybody's sick and I can't go in the building because I don't know mm-hmm. what they're sick with. So me and my unit, me and my team, I should say, had to stay on our post for three straight days on two hours of sleep. Mm. If you say, can you do that? We did it in base. I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. And this is life and death. So I'm definitely going to do it. But at least I know it can be done. Mm-hmm. And I know you know it can be done because you did it. And the person next to me, there's no question as to whether he did it or he did it. But when you come here, you don't know if he's ever been punched in the mouth, if he's ever been hit in the head with a pugil and, and lived. Right. So when things go down, I know how he's going to react or I have a better idea of how he's going to react. Mm, but when you're here and there's nothing to be a sergeant in the army. Right. I went to to school called PLDC, pre-leadership mm-hmm. development course mm-hmm. for a whole month. Right. For a month, mm-hmm. I went to learn how to be a leader, to lead people in those environments. Right. And think about what we talked about before. War happens once every blue moon. I went to war once in my whole seven years in the army, right? This is, I'm not going to call this war every day, but you're seeing things that happen in war in this city every Mm -hmm. day. Make no mistake about it. Mm -hmm. Yet the sergeant's course for me was a week long of hardly anything. As far as teaching me to be a leader. I'm not saying they're not trying to change things and make things better, right. but I'm telling you what I went through. Right. I'm a lieutenant now. I've never gone to leadership school for a lieutenant. Before you can be a lieutenant in the Army, you have to go to school for three months. or Well, not even a lieutenant. I'm sorry, for the next rank above mm-hmm. sergeant. Correct. You know, uh, staff sergeant. You have mm-hmm. to go to school for three months for that, a way mm-hmm. where they teach you for three months. I'm the next rank up from sergeant here. I ain't even been nowhere yet. I've been nowhere. I was told on Thursday, you're a lieutenant, and Sunday, I'm a lieutenant. In charge of a whole district in the city. You know, so can it be taught? Yes, but you have to be willing to teach it. Right. It's it's willing to be taught and it's willing to give yourself to the community that you're going to be policing. It's okay to have uncomfortable conversations with people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. You got to become embedded in the place that you're about to police. It's okay to go to the hood. Listen, I'm not from here. They'll respect that. They'll respect you saying, yeah, I live two hours from here. See, I've never mm-hmm. been here before. They smell it mm-hmm. on they, they see you. They know you're not from there. Mm-hmm. What better way than to bridge that gap? Listen, I'm new here. Of mm-hmm. course, you never saw me before. But listen, I got a police here. So let me show you who I am so you get a better understanding of who I am. And knowing I'm, you're going to see me a lot because this, this is my area. Mm-hmm. This is my sector. This is where I got to patrol. Mm-hmm. You that's how you bridge a gap, having uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, in Baltimore City or any hood, they're gonna be like, man, get the fuck out of here. But the ones that stick around and you have that conversation with, they relate that message to him. Yo, he a good dude. He just had to do his job, bro. Yeah. Right. You know that's what I'm saying? Absolutely. But, but that's true. what I love about y'all. Like, without y'all even knowing that y'all cause y'all say it all the time. Like in, in the government, that's what it's conflict resolution. Everything is going to be some type of conflict. But you have to figure out how to, you know, whether being an analyst or being anything, you have to figure out how to engage. Like y'all said, when y'all got out y'all um, patrol cars, yo, how y'all doing? My name is so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Listen, when we here, 
yo, y'all got to take that somewhere else. I get what y'all saying. No, but we're going to be here and we not riding around in the car. We walking around. That's conflict resolution. It's conflict management. Right then and there, you're meeting it head on. You're not running away from it. You're not doing anything else. So that's what I'm saying. Like those skills that y'all have needs to be more than like if people are listening, needs to be more than just a class because it has to be interactive. Because when I'm having these conversations, when I was on base, you know, with with, with the Army folks, with the Marine folks, with Navy folks, Navy speaks just alike. Marine speaks just alike. Army speaks just alike. And I'm like, why can't that be translated into our officers that deal with it every day? And the biggest thing that everybody's been saying is training. They train that in. My pops talks just yes. like he talks. And my pops ain't been in since the 60s. Yep. Been to Vietnam, come back. He talks just like he talked. It's, it, it's, in, it's ingrained in them. How do y'all look at people differently? Because that's what we were trained to do. But you got to remember, though. You got to remember, though. We, we've, we've become a microwave society. Mm. Mm. Okay, so we need that quick fix, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So everything they try to shorten it and make it as fast as possible, mm -hmm. right? So when I go to school, when I'm in the Army, right, and I go to, you know, basic training eight weeks and I got X amount of weeks for, for, for to be an MP, Mm -hmm. Right. I got all that time and it's away from. So. So think about it. If I go to basic training for eight weeks. But it's 24 seven. I live there. Mm -hmm. Do I get more training than the eight hours a day, Monday through Friday here? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Then I go to my next thing. Right. And my next phase, which is which is um, which is the MP school. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, it's 24 seven away from my family. Mm -hmm. Right. I get that every day of the week, seven days a week, every day. There's no breaks. It's every day. You live and breathe. Right. Here, again, it's eight months or something like that of nine to five, Monday through Friday, that's it, and you're done. Okay? Then you go yeah. out there, and what you're saying is great in theory, but we barely have enough cops. Right? right? And here's the thing. Northeast District, these guys are there with me. You're talking about 20 calls in the hole. Biggest you're going call- city. To call, call, to call. You don't have time to build those relationships. It's very hard to do. Right. Mm -hmm. To build, to, to say, forget those 10 calls. I'm going to walk around here just to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's not it's a not gonna That's not a real reality. I mean, we made it happen as best we can. Right. Some days it was lulls and we would do this and that. But if you look at it from a whole, it's very, very difficult to, to build those. So you need to, you need to, you need to change the model. It Correct. needs to be. These are my patrol guys who have 15 years on, 10 years on, whatever have you. Mm -hmm. These are my new guys. You're just walking foot in these places. Mm -hmm. I don't care if there's 40 calls in the hole. They're just calls. They, someone got their car broken into? Okay. Someone, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. They're just calls. We, If you're a young officer and you're walking foot in these areas, talking to these people long enough, that fear starts to go down. Yeah. And then once that fear goes down, those excessive force numbers go down yeah. because just because just because I use excessive force or use force, I shouldn't say excessive, just because I use force mm -hmm. and it's justified, that doesn't necessarily mean I had to use it. Okay. And that's what people don't get. That's what officers sometimes don't get. They, they, they stand on the justification of why they did it. He didn't show me his hands fast enough. So I did this. Okay. You could, I guess, and you can be justified by it. You know, yes, you asked for his hands. He didn't show it to you, whatever. But would I have done that? 
would he have done that? Would he have done? So then why would he not? I not and him not, but you did. And let's figure that out. I mean, every, every officer's threat level is different, which is great because that's paramount. Everybody's not going to be like us, Mm -hmm. but the objective is to try and get people to slow it up a bit. Mm-hmm. And not take it to his level, like LT said, because nine times out of ten didn't have to get there if you took that split second to know how to communicate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Big, big, big. Di- it can make a, a huge make difference. A huge difference. Huge difference. And then that makes a huge difference on how you're perceived within this community. Right. Right. Not you know not going up beside someone's head, right. even though you were technically justified, can be a big difference. Right. A, a week from now, because I was looking at from what y'all was saying. Y'all reduce numbers, like, like facts, like y'all reduce, like there's y'all reduce numbers, murders, robbery, so on and so forth. So, so to your point, that model worked. Why isn't that model being implemented? Like you, you mean if it's a training class for y'all no, for no, when y'all were on the street, you talking about zero tolerance? Well, no, that's so, how the so, numbers got reduced with zero tolerance. Yeah, that's that's how it got. So that's the thing; it got okay. reduced by zero tolerance. Okay, yeah. but the problem with zero tolerance is you're breaking down communities. Yeah, you're th- you're throwing okay. people in jail, right, 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 and they're so terrified to carry guns mm-hmm. because you're grabbing them up for everything, even though it's. And that's what I was trying to explain to our officer the other day. Here's the thing about zero tolerance. If it's on the books, right, that mm-hmm. you can't urinate in public, mm-hmm. and if you urinate in public and I catch you and I say, you can get a ticket, give me your ID, and if you yeah, don't have an ID, ID you're down. going downtown. It's a wrap. So that's a justifiable arrest. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. 100%. But it's a petty arrest, mm-hmm. right? right? To people, it's petty. Mm-hmm. But, it's but a- in the state of Maryland, you have to have an ID. ID if right. you, well, you don't have to have an ID, but the, the the whole the whole premise behind the ID right is this: if I can positively identify you, mm-hmm. I can give you a ticket, and if you don't show up to court, then a warrant can be issued for your arrest. Now, if you don't have ID on you, I can't positively identify you. How can I give you that ticket? Right. That's where the arrest comes in. Right. See what I'm saying? So you don't mm-hmm. have to walk around with ID. You just can't commit a crime if you don't have ID. You don't have to have ID. You just can't commit a crime. But how, if you're going to commit a crime right. and you don't have ID, that gives me the justification Correct. to arrest Lock you. Your right. ass right. Up. And right. we use that every day, all day. Right. We we burnt them up with that. Yeah. So, again, though, homicides, yeah, homicides yeah. were under 200 even at times. Yeah. Under 200. Like 04, 05-ish. If yeah. we get under, look, if we get under 300, everyone's going to be happy. People are, gonna, people are going to act like they won a prize and they and they could, and they they could should keep their job. Right. 300 Just, people. Yeah. So you're telling me 280 people can die in the city of of of, of 600,000. The mm. same number as New York with 20 million. Mm. And we're happy? Right. Come on, man. Yeah. Where's, the, where's the priorities? Come right. on, man. Right, that's, right, told you. Dope. told you. Dope. We have to do better, man. We just have to do better. And I'm not saying police don't have to do better. We have to do better. We have to train better. We have to communicate better. We have to do a lot of things better too. But the citizens also it's have on to both do better. sides. Yeah, citizens have to do better. Have to understand we have a job to do, and and we have to come to some happy medium. We have to do. Peanut it. said that he said we all we got to figure out a way where from every single angle we surround that kid like a community. Absolutely. From the teachers really, to the to the civilians to the to the politicians to the police officers to the fire department everybody got to like You see I, I I say more so even us because we're held to that higher standard. So we must take that time 
and perfect our craft and getting out there and introducing yourself. But, but it takes the other, you know what I mean, everybody else to make that work. True story. True story, Big H. True story, right? Our midnight shift, Northeast District. It's around, this is, I promise you this is a true story. It's like one in the morning. I see a kid on a bicycle. He's got to be like eight. So I stop him. I grab his handlebars. There's grown-ups sitting out. Summertime, it's like August. Grown-ups grown sitting outside, right? So I don't want them thinking I'm harassing this little kid. So I say loud enough for everybody to hear, hey, little boy, how old are you? He says eight. I said, you're eight years old. What are you doing outside? His response was, I'm going to the effing store. Mm. To me, as a cop, I'm a uniformed police officer. So I said, why are you going to the store at one in the morning? He says, I got effing money. Mm. <laughs> nah. Get his bike, about to put his bike in the trunk, drive him home, try to figure out why this little boy is outside at one in the morning by himself. Mm -hmm. Two blocks away, a girl gets stabbed. So now I got this kid here, not injured, right? And I have a girl two blocks away that she was like 13, stabbed. I've got to I've got to go to her, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell him, "Bring your butt home." I go around the corner to her. So we get to her, she's laying there. I'm like, "What happened?" Her answer to me was, "Don't worry about it. I know who did it. I'm gonna take care of it." 13, true story. So cool. We do it. Detectives come, they meet at the hospital, do whatever they got to do. That's the case. It is what it is, right? So probably 2 weeks later, I see the same little kid outside. It's like 1.30. No questions being asked this time. I'm grabbing him up, bringing him home. I got to figure out what's going on. Snatch him up, bring him home, knock on the door. Some little girl comes to answer the door. Nice girl, nice as could be. Answered the door. Hi, officer. I say, your parents home? I have your brother here. She's like, yes, officer. Mom. She screams for mother. Mother's response was, what the F do you want? Mm. The police are here. Well, what the F do they want? Nice. Big H. Gotta love it. You say it's us with the tip of the spear. I get it, but no, no, if, I, that's, saying, the, I, if that's what he has at home, yeah. we have no influence over that. No, we don't. I'm just saying on us conducting ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I get We you. can't do nothing with that. <laughs> we can't do shit with that. I'm talking as far as, far as us as getting better officers to not be assholes. Absolutely. To take that take that time because we are held to a higher standard. I totally we gotta agree. understand the ignorance within this city. I totally to agree. Deal with I it. agree with that. I, I, I totally agree with that. that I'm, I'm saying less I'm saying less hotheads. Absolutely. Absolutely. As far as parental, we can't do nothing about that. It, 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 I felt like I said to the kid, Good luck, kid. Nice walk away. I, I couldn't. I'm not interacting. What, what you going to do with that? I can't interact with your mom if nah. that's. Come on, man. If she cursing bro. out your younger sister, what you going to do with me? What you going to do to me? Come on, man. Bro, man. the first time my nephew and them sweetheart. was talking, and I'm I'm from South. I swear to God, I'm from South Baltimore. And somebody was like, fuck it is, dummy. I'm like, who the. No, oh, it's not. No, nah, they, they just. That's like we say. I'm from here, so what the fuck is some fuck it is? Who is somebody calling me? A that's how the young boys. That's how they talk. To each I'm, I'm looking like boy. I'm about to 
Else somebody get so man. So we talk about community before, right? I'd have never talked to no adult. You wouldn't talk to is. any adult like that because you get no, never. you get no wins for that. Thank the you. adult might get I, in on you, and you can't up. tell your parents because they getting on you too. Thank right. you. Like, but now you say the wrong thing to somebody's kid, and what happens? Right. I don't care what their kid does. Man, shot over. I don't care. Shit. People getting shot over trying to make sure their kid isn't out of line. Right. Facts. It's it's so. Okay, so now what do we have, right? Okay, so um I used to I used to uh I used to date a principal in one of the schools in Baltimore, right? And I remember her coming home one day, she was very upset. I'm like, what's going on? She was they were told in a meeting, right, that unless the kid does something violent, they cannot be suspended. Mm. Period. How about that? Right. Wow. So you can disrupt class, disrupt learning for everybody. You cannot be suspended anymore unless you do something violent. So let's look at let's let, let's let's walk this up for kids, right? Wow. Parents, no discipline for their kids, right? Parents are not disciplining their kids. Neighbors can't discipline the kids. Right. Schools can't discipline kids. Don't touch them. We've taken church out of school. Kids don't go to church anymore. Right. There's no morals right. there. Yeah. And if the police lock you up, you're getting out the same day. You know how many parents mm-hmm. got so upset at me because I locked their kid up and I call them like you have to come get your kid. They're saying, no, my kid is horrible. Y'all need to keep him. Y'all need to keep him. You know, right? Y'all need to do something with him. And then what And then what do we have to say next? If you don't come to get him, you're getting locked up. You got eight hours for, to come for get For child him. abandonment. Absolutely. Once they get the juvenile book, is you got eight hours to come get them. So, if you can't get discipline from your parents, oh, and, and how about yeah. this one? If the parents do discipline them too hard, they're going to jail. Mm. They're yeah. going to jail. Like if the parents discipline, I if the parents child discipline abuse. the kid, they're going to jail for child abuse. Mm-hmm. I, I I tell you, and I've done it before. I've, I've done it, but I didn't arrest the mother because the little kid bit his mother. That's disrespectful. Okay, so I. <laughs> I remember, and she slapped his listen, ass. I said, "Good, good job." Listen, I get called down to the hospital. <laughs> I'm not arrested for that. <laughs> listen, absolutely, well, I got well, fucked up for less. Right? You know listen, how, how about it? <laughs> okay, how about that? Okay, but take that on the chin, Jay. Okay, now, <laughs> I, look here. I don't know how your story went yeah, and I, how it got to that point. But I articulated very well. Okay. Okay. All I know is, and, and, and you probably went to the house, right? Yeah, I went to the house. Okay, cool. Everything. So I show up to the hospital. Mother's there. Her kid. Kid's got a black eye. Eye swollen shut completely. So I walk in. I ask what happened. Because I want to know what happened. At the end of the day, I got to write a report. I got to know what happened. She said, someone's getting a little out of line. It's summertime. I sent him to his father's. He lives with me. I sent him to his father's. He's at his father's for a couple weeks. He was supposed to come home. He didn't. I felt like something was wrong. I went there. I see his eyes swollen shut. Father abused him. I want him. I want the father locked up. I said, well, why did the father do that? It was my first question. My next question, I should say. He was like 13. He stole the grandfather's vehicle and was driving all around Golden Ring somewhere. Father gets to call at work a my car's gone. Your son has my car. Come home. He comes home. He gets it, parks the car. Father's right there. Reaction was to punch him in the eye. Okay. Right. So I'm like, okay, what's the problem? Like, I'm confused. Like, okay, what's the problem? Right. Little motherfucker. It was the unauthorized use. She's like, 
oh no, he needs to be locked up. I said, who the father? Yeah, he's locked up to that. And I was about to say something, right? I, yo, you caught see, yourself. See, the thing is, you can't make this stuff up. No, right? you can't. I'm right, about right. to say something, and I stop myself because I'm like, well, oh, you know what, Jason? You're a cop. You can't. This is your job. It's not mm-hmm. emotional. So I said, you know what? Yes, ma'am. Let me get all the information. Da, da, da. She's like, you look like you want to say something. I said, what I have to say is personal, and it's my personal opinion. I'm not here for that. I'm just no, no, no. I want to hear what you say. So she's begging me to tell her how I feel, and finally, I'm like, "Well, if he had, if if his other eye was swollen shut like that, guess what? He can't do <laughs> drive around the car and kill somebody or himself, <laughs> right? Thanks. Listen, I listen. I promise you, I can't make this up. All right. So she's like, "No, you're not supposed to do that. This and that third, right? So do the whole thing. Call now. Um, child abuse." Get a warrant for the father. Had to lock the father up. Mm-hmm. Probably like six months, eight months later, I get a call to a house, you know, for some juvenile disturbance. Mm-hmm. It was a kid. A, the grandparents called on their grandchild who could not be at their house, but came to their house. I show up. I see a lady sitting in the car bawling. I'm like, I thought it was grandparents. I'm confused. I'm like, what's going on? I didn't recognize it. She gets out the car. She comes up to me, and 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 look, you can believe in God. You don't. This isn't that kind of show. But I'm just saying that someone works in mysterious ways because I'm the officer that shows up to this. Right? Mm-hmm. She sees me. She starts crying harder. I'm like, "What's going on? Do I have to call a medic? What's going on?" She's like, "You don't remember me, do you?" I'm like, "No." She explains to me that I'm the cop that was there X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and she said, "You were right. That's the worst decision I ever made." Once. We got once I got home, he started stealing from my purse. He started cutting school. He started doing all this other stuff. And when I told him I'm gonna spank him, I'm gonna do this or that, he said, "And you'll go to jail like Daddy did." Mm. He was out of control, and she couldn't do anything with him. nothing. Right. So the parents can't discipline the mm. police, the schools. These kids are running around the city reckless, reckless, and then they turn eighteen, and we think. They're gonna turn eighteen and realize, okay, I'm adult now. I can stop. I have to stop this. Right, like the fun is over. That's not. That's not reality. Oh, Yo, that's not. real talk, real quick story. As a commissioner, I let a dude go for the same thing. He came home, and his thir- thirteen or fourteen year old daughter had a dude in the house. Mm. Yo, took his belt off, wore out. Slacker. They had to arrest him because they was like, I guess they saw marks. I said, bro. I don't. I guess they had to, but I said, nah, you what, ain't never been arrested before a day in your life." What gives it is when you bring them down. If the nurse deems it child abuse, mm-hmm. you got to go file the paper. Mm-hmm. You well, you got to call the child abuse unit, and they and, and they and say you be guided yeah, by them, and, and be guided mm-hmm. by them. Right. And that's, right. So I, it was out of my control. That's why I asked him if he was at the house. At the house, you might have a little wiggle room, right. but if you're at the hospital, nah. Once they say it's game over, I could do nothing for this man. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing. And and he had to go now, mm-hmm. and that kid. Worse for it. He, she said he never used to get in no. that much trouble. Like he did little stuff and was kind of getting there, right? And didn't let the because if she would have said with the father and said you're right, his whole attitude would have been like nothing I could do. The guy said the female officer was amazing. She didn't want to do it, but yeah. like you said, everything was in. And, and by that, that time, yeah, when I read that, I was like, yeah, nah, yeah. man, you going home, man. Yeah. Like I'd have did the same thing. Yeah, that's like, a good. That's sorry. a good thing for. Cause yeah. see, I don't, and we never know what happens on the back end. Yeah. Nope. But the, but what we, what I do know with that case is 
she got a restraining order against the grandparents and the father. And that's why the grandparents called because they didn't want to go to jail like the son. So they're like, this kid came to my door. He can't be here. Y'all need to come get him. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So how you feel being a lieutenant? Oh, man, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Being a, being a lieutenant, you really and truly have um, influence right. over a lot of people, right? So I think it's easy for you because from what you've been through and being, a, being in the street, knowing what that's like and how to treat your subordinates to becoming a, a sergeant, knowing what that's like. I think being a lieutenant has groomed you to, it'd be easy for you to keep moving up. I don't think lieutenant was a hard thing for you because I think you were no. just destined to be a leader because nah, you know how phenomenal. to treat people. It's phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal. I, it, I'm having a great experience. I'm in the Eastern District right now. Mm-hmm. Great shift, great sergeants, great officers. Man, it's, it's, I'm having, this is what I, this is what I'm doing this for. Mm. Like right here, right now, like being able to, 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 to try to groom yeah. careers to try. And if you have a good, lieutenant who supports you you can do a lot within the department and you can do a lot within a community mm. like you know it's 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 phenomenal phenomenal experience it's, it's great it's great Ty, to what he's saying for me in some ways well in a lot of ways you know how to encourage because remember when um you were number one on the sergeant's test yeah and then the first thing you did is you came back to like the Northeast and said, hey guys, I want to get a study group together to For sure. show you how to get to where I was at or to where I got or to how I got to where I got. For sure. Like nobody does that. You that did dope. that. Yo, sure. you want to know what's that's so amazing dope. for him? That was so dope, yo. Yeah, that's I dope. could call him anytime because he always, yo, Horton, you get, you got to be a supervisor one day. Dre, you got to be a supervisor one day. Our entire squad, all y'all need to be supervisors one day. Absolutely. He would be in our ear saying that. And you know what? That's what made us so dope. We right. all supervised like, each other but ourselves. I mean, he understands where I'm at now mm-hmm. and why I, I want to get the experience where I'm at now because it's vital. Mm-hmm. But I got to go back. Like, I'm going to get made one day mm-hmm. and I, it's going to be under him mm-hmm. because okay. he knows everything. Yo, he was number one, bro. That's on dope. the supervisor's list to be promoted. Yeah. That's dope. But he took that knowledge and forced us like, yo, every Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to meet up. He could have been home. Right. He could have been with his family yeah. working overtime. It wasn't on yep. overtime. And he, how many sergeants got promoted out of your system? Oh, man. Man, a lot. A lot. One of a my lot. favorites, my man, Gauze. A lot. Gauze. Gauze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great too. Great too. Yeah. Oh, Lois. Lois got promoted. Great too. Great too. Great too. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. Yeah. A lot That's of people, dope. man. And Robles. I, yeah. Yeah. Robles. Yeah. Robles. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Like, number sure. one on the list. Yeah, like, dope. he came back and. and, and for sure. Like, he scooped everybody up. Yeah. yeah. Yo, come on. Come he to put, my scuddy session. Yeah. He put the yeah. food on the table like, yo, this is so, what it is. This is how we do so, it. Sometimes I feel like I like it more than y'all. Like, I just, I enjoy, I enjoyed the hunger. They show me so much hunger and I feed off that energy, right? Mm. Because to me, I, I'm so confident within myself that I don't fear great people moving up with me, mm. right? So some people fear that. They really and truly fear that. That's the, remember the whole crabs in the barrel theory? Right. Like, that's what we're... We, you know, that's, that's right. in our DNA. That's right. People don't realize like that's in our DNA. A lot of people are terrified to have 
somebody as dope as them, right? If they lieutenants with me, okay, and then the commissioner has to pick a captain next, he can pick me, he can pick him, mm-hmm. he can pick him. A lot of people wait till you're way up here and then they say, okay, now I'm willing to help out because, right. you know, because you, you're no threat to me. Y- yes, he's a threat to me. Yes, he's a threat. These are some dope dudes with a lot of knowledge who are great people who anyone would want to work for. But you know what? Hey, whatever. Let's go. It goes right Let's back go. to how you started. goes back down to skill. Absolutely. So now it's all based on talent. Yeah. And that's what sharpens each other. Yeah, still sharpens still, baby. No that's question. So dope. That no question. Dope. So and 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 I will be happy if any of them made lieutenant and they made captain above me, I will be happy. Cause you know what? One thing I'll say about me is I've never changed. Anyone who knows me knows I've never changed. So I know I'm they're gonna still respect me just like I still respect them. Mm-hmm. All you know, it's all about respect for me. You know, so as long as as long as I have that, I still stand on my principles. I'm still there for officers and all that. I don't care what you call me to a certain extent. Like, it, rank really is just, you know, is what it is. I mean, it's cool to have the rank and it's cool to do certain things and be in a position to do certain things and help people and lift them up. But ultimately, I just want to keep my respect. I want to I want to, I want to, to still be respected by my peers. That's it. If I have that, I'm good. It don't get no better. Than That's that. dope. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, our brother, he displays so much knowledge. And this is only the beginning. We got to get him back on here. Definitely got to he, come He's back. a Definitely monster. When I mean monster, the first time I took the sergeant exam, it was under him. I passed everything. I could have been shot more on my, um, what was it? After the written stuff. The oral. The, the oral. oral. The oral. I should have been sharp on the oral and I would have been promoted. But I did. I did. I, I, I got my number. I was up there. I just hey, didn't get promoted. Everything happens for a reason though. Because look where you're at right now. Right. Look what you're doing right now. Right. This is going to this is gonna benefit you in Down the long the road. run. Right. You can't become a sergeant where you're at after never doing it. It's harder. Right. right. So everything happens for a reason. There's a plan. There's a plan. But even with that being said, I could call on him any day of the week. He'll be like, yo, come through. Come through. Come through. I remember one time I called him. I'm like, yo, what's, what's such and such? He's like, look at your GOs. <laughs> For and real. You know what? That forced me to learn. To learn. You know what I'm saying? He's not just going to give it to me. Like, real, yo, do the work. Real, real quick. Do the work. The reason I do that is this, right? Yeah, I remember that. People get in trouble by not knowing these policies. Mm. That's how they get you. Yeah. You have to know that You know what I'm saying And if you read it And you still don't understand it Cool then I, that's why I step in And break it down for Break you. it down for, But I want you to understand it Because this is what gets you in trouble right. Not the streets man It's them policies You gotta um, adhere to the guidelines And procedures that's given forth You gotta know the rules oh, The yeah. game that you're playing mm. yep. So ladies and gentlemen With that being said I'd like to thank my brother Lieutenant Jason Bennett For coming on and just dropping the gym. It was a powerful, powerful. It was deep. It was deep. So thanks deep from the beginning. No, thank you for coming. Nah, yeah. thanks for having me. Y'all are doing big things, oh, man. My this is goodness. serious. Y'all reaching a lot of people. Triple C, Big H, Dre. Yo, thanks. They're doing some big things out here. If y'all ever get an opportunity invited on here, please come on here and talk with these dudes. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. This mm. is a phenomenal setup they got going on here. This is going to be here to stay. LT. So I'll be back. Wow. LT, uh-huh. any, any shout outs you, you wow. want to give out? 
Um, you know what? I got to give a shout out to the Vanguard Justice Society. Nice. Have to give a shout out to the Vanguard. Absolutely. They made me who I am. A lot of great leaders there. And um, I hope we get more people to follow, come be a part of it. Absolutely. Because they are really, um, and if and if any law enforcement don't know about this, the Noble um, National Black Law Enforcement mm-hmm. Officers. Yes. Okay. Powerful. Very, very great group. Yes. Um, we just need to really take the knowledge from groups like that. Right. And become better. Well-rounded. Well-rounded officers. Yes, sir. So we can do better for the citizens of Baltimore. That we Shout out to the day. citizens of Baltimore. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to serve you. Nah. It don't get no better than that. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We appreciate you. This is episode 56. Silverback Chronicles podcast. Don't forget that website, www.silverbackchronicles.com. Get your merchandise, your hats, t shirts, hoodies. And um, listen, we're here to stay. It don't get no realer than what it get tonight. And we like to bring on people that's a reflection of us because we come from that hard work ethic and nothing but real. There's nothing bogus about what we do. But everybody be safe. Enjoy your weekend. Dre, what you got? Peace and love. Triple C, what you got? Same thing. All right, everybody. All right, Kings. Y'all be good. Appreciate you. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Be safe. Love y'all. Peace. The views and opinions expressed on the Silverback Podcast are those of the hosts, producers, and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the federal, state, or local government. This includes, but not exclusive to, the Department of Defense and or the Baltimore City Police Department.